Hare Krishna. Good morning to everyone. It's been a few weeks since I sat on this chair. The chair of Vyas, Srila Vyas. So it's good to be back. Rupanugadas here with you. And I'm welcoming everybody who is here present with us, and also those of you who are listening in online by radio, telephone, internet. It's a beautiful, cool day here in Dallas, Texas. No snow, no impending disasters as far as we know. We feel very fortunate to be here in the shelter of Shishi Radha Kalachanji. That was some very nice chanting before the class. Mother Yashoda Devi. I'm shedding my mask for the class. I don't like my glasses to fog. I may catch COVID though, mightn't I? Anybody want to sing? You got enough singing? The singing is better than listening to me sing, so maybe you can sing with me. Jaya Radha Madhava Sunjabi Hari Jaya Radha Madhava Sunjabi Hari Jai Gopi Janavallava Girivaradari Jai Gopi Janavallava Girivaradari Yashodanandana Prajajana Ranjana Yashodanandana Prajajana Ranjana Jamunatira Banachari Jamunati Ramanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Jai Gaur Premananda Hari Hari Bo Jai Om Vishnu Pad Paramahamsa Paribhajaka Charja Hasto Tarasita Sri Srimad His Divine Loving Grace of Hoi Charanada Vindabhakti Vedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Om Vishnu Pad Paramahamsa Paribhajaka Charja 
Asto Tarasita Sri Simada's Divine Grace. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Gosami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Geek. Ananta Koti Vaishnavrinda Geek. Iskan BBT Foundra Charja Srila Prabhupada Geek. Iskan Guru Parampara Geek. Sri Rup Sri Sanatan Bhattaraganat Sri Jeeva Gopal Bhattadasaraganat Sadko Sami Prabhu Geek. Namacharya Srila Haridas Thakur Geek. Premsekaho Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunitanda. Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sri Vasari Gora Bhaktarinda Geek. Sri Sri Radha Krishna Gopakopinat Shamakun Radhakun Giri Overdana Geek. Sri Vindamandam Geek. Sri Mathuradam Geek. Sri Mayapunavadit Dam Geek. Sri Jagannath Puridam Geek. Shishi Radha Kalachanjidam ki, Ganga Devi ki, Jamuna Mai ki, Tulsi Devi ki, Bhakti Devi ki, Samaveda Bhakta Vrinda ki, Briyat Madanga, Transcendental Book Prasharam Distribution ki, Nitai Gora Premananda, Hari Hari Baul, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees. All glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga. Namo Vishnapadaya Krishna Pastaya Bhutale Shimati Bhakti Vedanta Swamini Dinamane Namaste Sarasvati Deve Gauravani Pachanine Nivasesya Shunivari Pashtata Deshatarine Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaivananotamam Devim Sadaswatim Yasan Tato Jayamudirayat Nasta Preshwa Bhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttamashloke Bhaktir Bhavari Nashtaki Gantarashimud Bhagavatam Ki Jai Once again, I'm Rupanogadas, for those of you who are listening in online. <clears throat> disciple of His Holiness Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj, Grand Disciple of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. This morning we'll continue reading in Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, this is First Canto, Chapter 13. The chapter is entitled, Dhritarashtra Quits Home. Text number 22. For those of you who have your phones available and want to follow along, or who can read the board. Is this board clearly visible to everyone? Except for the... It depends. If everybody can see it, I'm fine with it, but we don't want to block Srila Prabhupada's view of the deities and the deities' view of Srila Prabhupada. Thank you, sir.
So let us begin by reciting the words individually for this text. So repeat with me, please. Andha Puraiva Variro Manda Pragyascha Sampratam Vishirna Danto Mandhagni Saraga Kapam Udvahan Now we'll chant as a poem. Anda Puroi Vadhiro Manda Pragyascha Sampratam Bishirnadanto Mandagna Mangdagni Saragha Kapam Udvahan Andha Puraivavariro Manda Pragyascha Sampratam Vishirnadanto Mandagni Saraga Kapam Udvaham Can't please? Uh, we're doing the word for word transliterations. Thank you. Uh, Anta blind, pura from the beginning, eva certainly, varira hard of hearing. What's that? Oh, oh hard of hearing. Yeah. Um, I, I I resemble that remark. Manda pragya memory shortened. Cha and Sampratam recently Bishirna loosened Danta teeth Manda Agni liver action decreased Saraga with sound Kapam coughing much mucus Udvahan coming out. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, Ashi Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Shil Prabhupada Ki Jai. You've been blind from your very birth. Who's speaking, by the way? No, it's Rupa Nogadas. Oh, but I'm, in the book, in the book, who is speaking? Vidura, Vidura. Also called Mahatma Vidura. And whom, to whom is he speaking? Dikdarastra, the blind king. 
You've been blind from your very birth, and recently you have become hard of hearing. Your memory is shortened, and your intelligence is disturbed. Peter has been away for 30 years. How does he know all this? Quick observation, maybe. Your memory is short, and your intelligence is disturbed. Your teeth are loose, your liver is defective, and you are coughing up mucus. Report by His Divine Grace. The symptoms of old age, which had already developed in Dhritarashtra, were all one after another pointed out to him as a warning that death was nearing very quickly, and still he was foolishly carefree about his future. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sound like us. The signs pointed out by Vidura in the body of Dhritarashtra were signs of apakshaya, or dwindling of the material body before the last stroke of death. The body is born, it develops, stays, creates other bodies, dwindles, and then vanishes. But foolish men want to make a permanent settlement of this perishable body and think that their estate, children, society, country, etc., will give them protection. What does Prabhupada call that kind of protection? Valuable soldiers. With such foolish ideas, they become overtaken by temporary engagements and forget altogether that they must give up this temporary body and take a new one, again, to arrange for another term of society, friendship, and love, again to perish ultimately. They forget their permanent identity and become foolishly active for impermanent occupations, forgetting altogether their prime duty. Saints and sages like Vidura approach such foolish men to awaken them to the real situation, but they take such sadhus and saints as parasites of society. And almost all of them refuse to hear the words of such sadhus and saints, although they welcome showbottle sadhus and so-called saints who can satisfy their senses. We had a number of those come through in the 70s, 60s and 70s. Come through not ISKCON, but come through from other places, India particularly. Showbottle, showbottle sadhus and saints. <clears throat> Vidura was not a sadhu to satisfy the ill-gotten sentiment of Dhritarashtra. He was correctly pointing out the real situation of life and how one can save oneself from such catastrophes. Omagyana timirandasya gananjana salakaya chakshurun militam jena tasmai shri gurave namaha shri chaitanya manobishtam stapitam jena bhutale swayam rupa kadamayam darati svabrantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Dutta Paragamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagradattam Sahagana Raghunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahidam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitamscha he Krishna, Karuna Sando, Dinabando, Jagatpate, Gopesha, Gopika, Kanta, Radha, Kanta, Namostute, 
ತಪ್ತಕಂಚನ ಗೌರಾಂಗಿ ರಾಧೇ ಬೃಂದಮನೇಶ್ವರಿ ವೃಷಭಾನುಸುತೆ ದೇವಿ ಪ್ರಣಮಿ ಹರಿ ಪ್ರಿಯ ವಂಚಕಲ್ಪತೃಭ್ಯಶ್ಚಕೃಪಸಿಂಧುಭ್ಯೇವಚಾಭಟ್ಟಿತನಂಭಾವನೆಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರಿ ಹರಿ ಹರೇ ರಾಮ ಹರೇ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರಿ ಹರಿ ನಮೋ ವಿಷ್ಣುಪುರಾಯ ಕೃಷ್ಣಪುಷ್ಟಾಯ ಭೂತಲೆ ಶ್ರೀಮತೆ ತಮೋ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ ನಮನೇ ಸವಿಧುರ ಹೋಲ್ಡಿಂಗ್ ಎನಿ ಪಂಚಸ್ He's telling Dhritarashtra exactly how it is. Why has not Dhritarashtra been able to hear his words before now? So many people were telling Dhritarashtra regarding his eldest son Duryodhan to cast him away. Hard to do. Even if you have a hundred sons born approximately at the same time. still hard to cast one of them away so he had some feelings dhritarashtra was also not unintelligent he was also not devotional to some extent but he had the side of him in which uh which many of us experience and that is um attachment to one's body one's position in life he was emperor of the world so to speak setting sitting in for his younger brother who gave up his body untimely pandu and and worst of all listening to the words coming from the wrong kind of people namely duryodhan and his associates listening to them and agreeing with them and accepting them and putting his his young nephews the pandavas into such great difficulty and even queen kunti went with them into the forest for for 14 years 13 14 years uh to be with them uh, while they while they were banished they were banished from the kingdom all due to the influence of bad association what's that tell us got to be careful So what is what is Vidura doing he's saving the king king Dhritarashtra who was never intended to be king but Pandu was actually one that kind of instigated his taking over the the reins of the kingdom because Pandu wanted to be up in the mountains hanging around with saintly people had his boys up there with him five sons and also his two wives and they were very happy to be in the mountains living a very simple life we can imagine anybody ever live in a mud hut neither have i i have lived in a in a one room shanty a three room shanty uh, up in the hills of tennessee for about four years before i got my first copy of bhagavad gita and read some of the things that krishna said and i thought yep that applies to me So I came down out of the hills and took a job again as an engineer in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. So Vidura is is presenting 
Dhritarashtra's lamentable condition to him. He says, you're living in a palace of those who were victorious over your entire dynasty. Dhritarashtra lost everything, practically, in his dynasty. Millions of soldiers went out to battle in the war, in the Battle of Kurukshetra. I've heard different different numbers uh, for the number of people who lost their lives, but I, the one that sticks with me that I think I've read before, 640 million people gave up their bodies. 640 million, 18 days. And we think we're advanced in our armaments and our military stuff. So he's telling Dhritarashtra, now you, all these all these people, you plotted against them, you tried to kill them by poison, by arson, you banished them to the forest for 14 years, when their rightful place was in this place that you call your own, just because you're convinced that you are the emperor. You know, He was laying it on the line for them. And what a jewel of a person this Vidura was. Not only was he already uh, an enlightened soul and able to give this kind of advice to his brother. This is, Dhritarashtra was his older brother. Uh, not only was he able to give, but he also, during the time of his uh, pilgrimage, uh, was uh, given some enlightenment by the great sage who? Starts with an M. M A I Maitreya. Maitreya Muni. Yes. So <clears throat> he came back like a like a hot fire. And uh and the welcome that he received by the people of Hastinapura was very exemplary for uh the way to receive a saintly person who comes into your midst, especially after you, they've been away for some time. He's, he's being given honor by King Yudhisthira, although he was dishonored. I'm talking, we're, we're, we're talking, we're talking about, uh, um, Dhritarashtra now. He was, he was being given honor by, Yudhisthira used to go, first, first duty of the morning was to go and offer his obeisances to the feet of his uncle and aunt. Who was his aunt? Who was the queen? Gandhari? Yes. So even though uh, you, Vidura says, you know, you're, you're being given honor after by, by the same people that have killed all of your family, your sons, 100 sons. <clears throat> the only son that he had left was Yutsa. You know that? He had a wife, he had a, uh, had a child by one of the maids, one of the servants. Uh, he gave her a child. There were some special, uh, circumstances there. It wasn't just a matter of lust or anything. It was, it was like, this is, this is a gift to you. So a king could do that, you know. He had so many maid servants at his disposal that he could do that. And we saw that this this example was also set by Shilavyasde, that he gave he gave a child to a maidservant woman, and who was that child? Vidur. Yeah. So three boys, 
Vitarashtra, then uh, then uh, uh, um, Pandu, and then Vidura. And Vidura was he was talk about being dis, talk about Dhritarashtra being dishonored. Vidura was was greatly dishonored by by the words coming out of the mouth of that wretch. Do you not? But you know we're not supposed to criticize other people. We read that in the eleventh canto, twenty eighth chapter, I believe, first and second verses. We're not supposed to criticize anybody else, recognizing that every one of us is under the tight. Restrictive, restrictive hold of Maya Devi, Krishna's material energy. <clears throat> and if you think you're above Krishna's material energy, <laughs> it's not a good position to be in, because she is she is extremely powerful. Krishna is, is very powerful. He's the owner of his Maya, but uh, Maya Devi is very powerful. Even though we're of Krishna's superior energy, you know he has superior and inferior energy. We're the superior energy, but because we're so small, tiny, like a, like one ten thousandth the tip of a hair, that's our size. And and uh, so um, we cannot say that uh, we can overcome Maya. Prabhupada was was once quoted saying that uh, he was surprised. One thing that uh, was amazed him was how uh, how little fear his disciples had of the material energy. And uh, and we know by our past, I can speak for myself, but you know, the, the, the beautiful form of one of the opposite sex is one of the most powerful tools that Maya Devi has. And so, we, uh, you know, our minds can be taken away by whatever comes in through our senses, through the sense of sight and the sense of smell, and we we know from the uh, from the experience of King Shantanu uh, that the sense of smell got him into all kinds of trouble. He followed he followed that beautiful heavenly scent that was wafting through the forest where he was hunting, and he followed it to the source and it came to a fisherman's cottage of all places. You wouldn't expect to find a beautiful scent coming from a fisherman's house. You think of the smell of dead fish, but anyhow, there was this beautiful girl within, and her name was Satyavati. And so he desired so much to marry her that uh, he was willing to allow his only son at the time, as far as I know, Ganga, Ganga's son, uh, uh, Bhishma Dev. He was he was he allowed him to take a vow of celibacy for his entire life just so that he could marry this girl Satyavati. And the unfortunate thing was that neither of the two sons that were born of her uh, because of various circumstances, neither one was able to give the, uh, 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 one to inherit the kingdom from the king. A prince regent, in other words. They were both, they were both died. They both died. The first one was Killed by um, um, uh, Gandharva, I believe. Gandharva, who had the same name as him. And this boy had had so much uh, uh, good reputation throughout the world. He was powerful, really powerful. Satyavati's first son. That the, that this uh, this demigod, Gandharva, I believe, uh, came and, and challenged him to fight and killed him. 
And then there was one left, Victor Treviria, the younger boy left. And uh, so this is the one to whom Bishba brought uh, two brides. And uh, and so Victor Treviria, though, uh, enjoyed just a short life with his brides. And then he was gone because he had a defective body. Something was wrong. He was a sickly child. So um, Vidurya, Vidura, Vidura, although he was greatly dishonored by uh, Duryodhan, and he, he gave up the kingdom, gave up living in a very comfortable situation. He could have stayed there for the rest of his life and enjoyed it, just like some of us, you know. We could have stayed wherever we were and continued working at our jobs and enjoying life, couldn't we? And we could have had a very pleasant household life, but uh, uh, we couldn't we couldn't do it because... We gained knowledge, and knowledge brought us here to one of the most degraded sections of Dallas, East Dallas, old East Dallas, one of the first kind of uh, extensions of Dallas. I think on some maps it's called East We Go, this section that we're in now. So after after all of all of this time of being away, then. Uh, Vidura comes back, and and everybody is just delighted. That he's there, but he's pointing out all these things. He's he's uh, he, he told uh, Dhritarashtra. He says you're still pretending to be the emperor. In so many words, he told him that you're still pretending to be the emperor, although you never were suitable for that post because you were blind. It wasn't anything you did, at least not in this lifetime, to cause you to be blind. Something one of the princesses did who gave gave birth uh, after being with Srila And you would think that a child born of Vyasadeva, who is an incarnation of Krishna, would be perfect. But three sons, and each one had, well, the first two at least, Dhritarashtra was blind, Pandu has had a fair complexion, and he committed an offense one time while he was in the mountains hunting, and because of that offense, then he had to he had to give up his body. Uh, but fortunately, uh, Kunti had received a boon that um, uh, she could call any demigod she wanted to to her. And uh, as a result, um, of course, the first child she produced by calling the sun god was Karna, and Karna was one of the chief proponents of of Duryodhan. So that wasn't so good. But then the next three children that she had, uh, first one came of, of the god, of the, um, god of death, Yamaraj. And that was who? Yudhisthir. Yudhisthir. And then the second child from the god of the wind, Vayu. And who was that? Bhima. And then the third and last child of Kunti was, came from the, 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 the chief of all of the gods, uh, Indra. And so Arjuna was his, was the child who was produced. So all of the, and so, uh, these, these boys were then left with their two mothers, Madri and Kunti, and Madri, uh, you know, begged Kunti to let her enter the fire that consumed the body of Pandu. And so, she she gave pointed she was apparently pretty convincing in her reasoning. So Kunti was 
able to say, all right, you may go with Pandu. You may go and serve him in his next life, wherever he goes. And I will stay, and I will raise your two boys, Nakula and Sahadev, uh, along with my three boys. They're going to be my sons, and I'll. And so, uh, uh, Dhritarashtra, when they, when of course, when the two ladies ask, uh, you know, the sages who are in the area, what should we do now that Pandu is gone? Uh, they said you should go back to Hastinapur. And so they did. They took the boys back to Hastinapur. And the boys were so godly and so loving that everybody just loved them. Especially Yudhisthir. You know, such a saintly person. Always doing his duty. Never spoken untruth, even in jest. And and still, the envy of his first cousin who was there, uh, Duryodhana. Uh, caused them to have to leave and give up their rightful place. And so you Dhritarashtra, uh, even after all this and after going through that uh, horrible battle, which was spoken to him, it, 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 was, it was given to him by, the, by, the, uh, by his, his servant, Sanjaya, who uh, Sanjaya received a benediction from his spiritual master, Vyasadeva. Um, um, uh, that uh, he could be present, sitting in front of King Dhritarashtra, and be present also on the battlefield. So he knew everything that was going on in the battlefield, and he recited to Dhritarashtra everything that was happening on the battlefield. Haribo. Uh, so at, uh, at the end then, and this was when, when Vidura came back, um, he, uh, Dhritarashtra was really unprepared to give up his body. He, he was, he, he was even unable to prepare for death, uh, because he was there living in the house like, uh, like a pet dog, taking the food scraps, as, as Vidura pointed out, taking the food scraps of those who had killed all of his sons. And still, he could not, he could not extricate himself from the position of being emperor of the world. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of heady stuff there. It goes to your head, uh, when you get so much adoration and praise and you get so many millions of people, uh, you know, considering you to be the head of the government. So, Vidura comes back like an ember of fire. He was an enlightening force to Dhritarashtra. Um, I have a, give you a little anecdote here. I have a, a wood burning heater in my house. And, uh, here lately we've gone through a lot of firewood. And every morning when I get up, uh, and, and uh, open the door of the furnace, of the heater, it, um, I, I look to see are there any embers left. Because without having some hot coals there, it's really kind of hard to start a fire unless you're really skilled or unless you have some kerosene or something to pour on it. So I, I look, I look for those, and sometimes the little embers are no bigger than about a, what we used to call a half dollar. I guess we don't have half dollars anymore, do we? No. Mr. Bhagwan Prabhu is old enough that he remembers what a half dollar looks like. Yeah, at one time they were probably made of silver too, weren't they? 
when we had a silver standard. After we gave up a gold standard, we have a silver standard. But even that's been taken away. Now they're making coins out of cheap metal. And they just represent wealth that is stored somewhere. So uh, these embers then were about, if you could find one that's about two inches in diameter and it's still glowing red, you know, that's a really good thing because um, you can start a fire with that. You can take that ember, and even if it's covered over with ashes, you can rake it forward to the front of the of the heater and and uh, put some dry wood or something on top of it and blow on it, and and very soon you have smoke. And then if you continue blowing very gently, you have fire, and that's using dry wood. And if you if you continue then adding fuel to it and you turn the damper so that you're getting some more air going through the heater, even with the door closed, then uh, you, you very soon you can hear the roaring of the fire in the heater. And, you know, when it's cold, that's a really nice sound to hear. Um, so... I think of, I think about the ember as being someone who maybe has, has come to our movement when Srila Prabhupada was present. Uh, and at that time they were, uh, they were like embers that are glowing very brightly. And you know, an ember, a coal that is red, it gives off both heat and light. So, uh, we think of we think of the heat as being something like love and affection, and we think about light as being the intelligence that you can get um, if if you're if you're in the presence of a fire. If you're an ember or coal and it's in the presence of the fire, at that time it gives off a lot of heat and a lot of a lot of uh, light. And that's the way I, I think uh, uh, as we read the, um, the, the literatures that have been written about Srila Prabhupada's life, that's the way that he was able to bring people. That's the level to which he was able to bring his disciples so that they gave off enlightenment or light and they gave, gave off warmth or like the heat from, from that coal. But as time went by after Prabhupada's departure, some of these persons kind of moved away a little bit. Maybe they weren't as in, encouraged to continue their devotional lives. And they became like that, that coal that's at the back of my heater, uh, covered over with ash from other wood that has burned. And um, if you can bring that coal back out and nurture it by blowing on it gently, and then put some uh, dry wood on top. And that dry wood is a lot like uh, Dhritarashtra had become, or he was practically throughout his whole life. Even though he was in the presence of so many enlightened personalities, and even Krishna himself came to Hastinapura and to see uh, Dhritarashtra and, uh, and try to talk some sense into, into them. Still, he was pretty much, he's like the dry wood that you just keep over on the side. But if you take that dry wood and you put it in the presence of that hot coal, then very soon you've got smoke and then you've got fire and you've got a roaring fire 
uh, as you add more and more wood. And that's like that's like uh, the situation that can happen. Like Vidura has been away. Of course, he never was like a dry stick of wood. He was always in, enlightened. But in talking with uh, Maitreya Muni, he became like a blazing hot coal. So that when he came back and he was in the presence of that lump of dry wood, otherwise known as Dhritarashtra, you know, he was able to ignite that fire so that Dhritarashtra can, could get himself ready for leaving the planet. And so that, I, I think that analogy of the, of the fire and the dry wood and the hot coals, it's very pertinent here. So even though those coals might have become rather, uh, uh, you couldn't, couldn't even see them when you first look into the heater. You have to kind of brush away the ashes. That's kind of like persons that have been away from ISKCON for a time, and somehow they, they have lost their luster. But with a proper care and proper treatment by someone, uh, just like when Bidura came back and he was greeted by all the people of Hastinapur because they loved him so much, they remembered how he was, and they were so glad to see him back after such a long time. That we can only imagine that that hot coal that he was became even hotter. So he is speaking without any reservation at all now to his older brother. So uh, what did what did he do to to um, revive that latent fire? He reminded him of his previous knowledge and previous actions, and sometimes that's the way we have to we have to do with devotees. We have to remind them of how things were and how they were uh, in the presence of Srila Prabhupada, who was like the hot fire, the blazing hot fire. And then we have to place that non-devotee or that, uh, uh, you know, we have to place a non-devotee or person who's been away into the proximity of even that person who has lost some some of his... um, illustrious or, or luminescence it placed them in the in the companionship of that person and that that coal that has become reduced in size and intensity suddenly by being in the proper association himself or herself it starts to starts that fire again when you have a, a non-devotee in that proximity so um, then, this is what we have to do to encourage older older devotees, some of whom kind of slip away, some maybe still around, but uh, not doing as much as we used to do. And we we observe then the resultant increase in that devotional enthusiasm of that person that has been brought back, and then that person, of course, then is like that live coal. Who has that has been blown on and has been revived, and you take put other persons into their proximity, and they naturally have the effect of starting another fire. So that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Um, so Vidura returned as a glowing ember. He received honor and affection from all the citizens. He came back to revive that dormant fire that he knew was present in his elder brother, Dhritarashtra. He helped him to reawaken 
his spiritual consciousness. And he saved him from a very meaningless, dishonored state of being that Dhritarashtra had descended into. And Dhritarashtra could do that because he was like that hot coal that you put dry sticks on and it fan it just a little bit and immediately it begins to have effect on the dry sticks and you start a blazing, roaring fire. So what is the value of such a person as Vidura? Cannot be comprehended. What is the value of a person like Srila Prabhupada? No way to know. Even those who have experienced him, I think, were probably always uh, uh, found him to be a remarkable person, some, like someone they had never seen before. And his devotees, his disciples, some of them uh, became very much like he was. In other words, he started, he started that fire with those dry sticks of wood. And they began to smoke a little bit, and then they began to blaze. And then they themselves turned into those great hot embers that could start other fires. And those of you who have been keeping up with the progress of, of His, His Holiness uh, Jayapataka Swami Maharaj, I know that uh, you know he had a crew of, of, of doctors in there with him, uh, at, um, let's see, where is the place used to be called Madras? What's it called now? Chennai. Went to Chennai to, to get some work done. And, uh, one of the, one of the doctors that, um, he was working on him, um, you know, he told this woman to, uh, you know, to chant, chant the holy names. And so, um, and she, she said, uh, one time she wanted to see him, uh, there was a glow around him. She could see an aura around him. And another doctor came in physical therapy, you know, had the job tapping on his chest. And uh, he said, uh, he, he said uh, um, to her something like, um, she, I think she asked him, does this hurt? And he says, it doesn't hurt if you chant Hare Krishna. And so he induced her uh, to chant every time she tapped on the shish. She says, is that hurting now? He said, not as long as you chant. If you stop chanting, it hurts. And so here, here is a person that, you know, and he's just, he's one of many disciples of Srila Prabhupada that uh, caught fire. Uh, what what is it? You know, the this the saying is given the old blacksmith shop. You stick this blacksmith sticks a piece of raw iron into into a fire, and uh, and pumps the bellows and and the coal or whatever the fuel is in there flares up and it heats the heats that raw metal which is nothing more than iron. And iron is a very dull substance, isn't it? It's not nearly as attractive as platinum or gold or silver. But even as even as as worthless as it might seem, when it's just lying there, it's just a, a you know block of iron. Still, when it gets into the fire, it takes on all the qualities of the fire. Well, two of which are heat and light. So, a piece of iron that is in the fire long enough, it becomes almost indistinguishable from the fire. 
And it can do what the fire does. It gives off heat, gives off light, and it can start other fires. So, Vidura has taught us this, that uh, uh, you get some association with the right person, like Maitreya. And, and it, you know, it, it awakens your complete consciousness. Of course, we know already that Vidura, being, having been, uh, having had the position of Yamaraj in previous, in previous lifetime, um, uh, he was, uh, practically, it is said, I've read, I think the statement of Prabhupada said that, uh, Yamaraj is practically on the same level as Super Soul, because he knows what every soul that comes before him has done. And he can prescribe the amount of the right punishment for whatever that soul has done. Practically like uh, the super soul himself. Who else would know besides those two beings uh, what the soul has done and what kind of what kind of punishment he should have to undergo? And so Yamaraj then in in the form now of Vidura is very enlightened. He's and he's preaching to one of the most powerful and most highly recognized persons on the planet, Dhritarashtra, his older brother. And he's helping him to prepare for the inevitable end that is coming. You know, he's telling him everything that's going wrong with him. You're losing your sight, you're losing your hearing, you're losing your teeth, you're losing your liver. You, 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 sh- you should be getting ready to, to depart. And so that's the reason the title of this chapter is Dhritarashtra Quits Home. And when I, when I got my first book uh, in 1973 from a bunch of boys out on the street in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, it was uh, Canto 1, Part 3. And one of the chapters was Dhritarashtra Quits Home. And I thought, quits home. I've never heard that, that phrase before. Leaves home, retires from home. But no, quits home. And so, uh, so because of Vidura's influence then, uh, Dhritarashtra was able to give up all of his attachments, even the attachment to his wife, because he took off and left. And she followed him. She understood where he was going. Somehow, she was powerful, this Gandhari. Very powerful woman. Uh, you remember, you remember that uh, at, at the end of the battle, uh, they, the Pandavas all came before Dhritarashtra and Gandhari. And uh, so uh, each one was going up to hug, gave uh, Dhritarashtra a hug. And uh, Bhima Sain was afraid, so they took a statue of Bhima Sain made of iron and handed that to Dhritarashtra, and Dhritarashtra immediately crushed it to powder. Remember that? And then Gandhari, uh, she also, you know, she she couldn't let them get off scot-free. So she lifted her blindfold again. This is the second time she's done so, as far as I know. And she burned the tips of Eudistir's fingers, as I remember. So uh, when that happened, uh, I think Arjuna jumped behind Krishna, who was standing there also. Because he was he was afraid, afraid of this woman. But see how see now just listening to Vidura, and everybody was listening to Vidura. Everybody in the in the royal family, I guess, was listening to Vidura talk to Dhritarashtra. 
So when Dhritarashtra left, Gandhari followed him. He was blind, and she was still wearing her blindfold. So they they went to the mountains, and and they eventually uh, gained some kind of liberation, we can be quite sure. Because they had so much of the presence of Krishna, and unfortunately, like many of us, even though he's here with us, we can't recognize him. And that's the way it was with Duryodhana. He could not recognize Krishna. Had him in front of him. The Supreme Personality of God is standing in front of you, telling you to give give up some give up at least half the kingdom to the Pandavas. Uh, and that way you can you can avoid this battle. But no, what was Duryodhana's response? I will not give them so much land as you can drive a pen into. In other words, nothing. And so, now, Dhritarashtra is having to, you know, having to pay for all, allowing all those things to happen when he could have stopped them if he had just followed the advice that was given to him. I think even Vyasadeva came one time and tried to talk some sense into Duryodhana and was not successful in doing so. Incarnation of Krishna. And still... He, uh, uh, Duryodhana could not, could not recognize who he was. And so how can he, if he can't recognize Krishna, certainly he's not going to be able to recognize any other thing, the person. So, um, that's all I've got to say about that. Hare Krishna. If anyone would like to, uh, make some comments or ask any questions, uh, the microphone is over there close by. The roving mic. Uh, Mishra Bhagwan Prabhu. In 1976, I was traveling with your Guru Maharaj, John Swami, and Jayananda, who was on the Radha Damodar party. And we stopped and spent a little time in the Detroit temple. And while we were there, uh, Jayananda Prabhu had just recently put on saffron. His uh, he recent what? He had just recently put on saffron, and had get, renounced his. Oh, wife. he had recently done so at that time in seventy seven. Seventy six. His uh, his wife divorced him. She. Having a pure devotee as a husband wasn't good enough for her, so she uh, she uh, filed for divorce and then left left Jayananda with Small Krishna Goswami. Would you hold that up real close to your mouth, please? Somebody's turned the volume down somewhere. I'm afraid. Uh, Any other? It's it's really hard to hear at home, I know, because I listen a lot of times to class from my home. And you especially, Mr. Bhagavan, people want to hear what you've got to say because you're one of the elder members of the community. But it's very hard to hear you with that microphone. So if you can belt it out. Somebody turned mine up, this mic up, which was not necessary, but I think they didn't turn yours up. Maybe we need a new microphone. That's better. So, Goswami convinced Jayananda to give up. 
he, he preached to him the way Vidura preached to Dhritarashtra. He said, you know, get out of this, get out of the San Francisco temple and come travel with us and then, become, you know, take the renounced order of life. So, Jayananda was enthused. Are you saying Dayananda? Is that correct? Jayananda, the famous Jayananda who built the Rathyatra carts. Oh, Jayananda. Yeah. Okay. That, that Jayananda. All right. He, he was a very, gave up his position in the San Francisco temple and he became the, the Bhakta leader on the Radhadamadar party. So one day, Jayananda was giving class and he was talking about the glories of, of, of giving up attachment to wife and home and, and leaving that situation and then taking to full-time devotional service in the form of Sankirtan. So he became... He was uh, taking out the new men on the afternoon after the festival. The a, a typical day in Radhadamadar was to go to a university and put on a festival. Vishnu John Swami would sing his bhajans, and Tamal Krishna Maharaj would uh, preach to his students, and then occasionally uh, he would convince the student to give up what they were doing joined the Radhadamadar party and also become a Sankatan devotee. So th there was this mood of renouncing and giving your whole life to, to Krishna as a brahmachari, vandaprastha, and sannyasi, mm. those, those ashrams. One day Jayananda was giving class. He was glorifying uh, this renunciation. And the householder that was running the temple became very, uh, he was unappreciative of this preaching. So he started uh, challenging Jayananda and telling Jayananda that, you know, what, we don't, we, what's the, we, you don't have to give up your, your family life if, there are, if your family is devotees, that the wife is a, 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 a shelter in, in, in the, like a boat, you know, that gives, Help you go back to Godhead and 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 various uh, prograhastra statements, and he was kind of a little bit aggressive. And uh, Tamal Krishna Goswami was uh, off to the side. And then, as this householder, the Grihastra Temple President of Detroit kept on firing on Jayananda, I noticed that Tamal Krishna Goswami was starting to, it was like a, a kettle of water that was on the stove that was simmering and then eventually just uh, boiled over. <laughs> and he entered into the conversation and be, sitting firm behind his danda, he's, he, he's, he broke in and said, why have all of our previous acharyas given up the home and left and to take to the renounced order of life throughout the history of our parampara? 
And then tomorrow, Krishna Maharaj um, went into, uh, took over the class and preached the, the glories of renunciation. He said that you have to give up attachment to house, home. You never, you can't go back to Godhead as long as you're attached to these things. So, If that's for me, tell them I'm busy right now. Yeah. This now we have um, devotees, you know, saying the same things. Uh, I've, since I've been in this community, I've never seen or even heard about a sannyas initiation. And sometimes devotees they leave their bodies and they they just stay home. And there's there's we never hear a word about how, no matter what age we are, about that there's any ever any plan of of taking vranaprastha and sannyas like, like that, like Tamal Krishna Maharaj used to really push it. He, he um, I know that la- later on he, he kind of eased off a little bit on on that kind of preaching. But I know that he always felt that way, that devotees should, uh, at a certain point, give up household life, give up, a, and, and just like Vidura was telling Dhritarashtra, you need to get out and give it up. You know, there's a certain point where it's, it's uh, essential, and according to Tamal Krishnamaraj, it's absolutely essential to like to do what Srila Prabhupada did, how Prabhupada took sannyas at the age of 63. At the time, of course, we thought that that was really old. But now, you know, wouldn't we like to be 63 again, right? And then he, he, Prabhupada made that, because Prabhupada made that renunciation, he was able to spread Krishna consciousness all over the world and bring it, and make Tamal Krishna Maharaj a sannyasi also. So I was just wondering, like, what the question is, what do you think that we're losing by renouncing the renounced order of life? In in uh, our present day situation, it's like the this temple is uh, we don't have any almost there's almost zero brahmacharis. Uh, if we have a sannyasi, he's always coming from somewhere else, visiting. And those three ashrams are almost non-existent. The brahmachari, vanaprastha, and sannyasa ashram. So what? what is the loss there what, that, that we have from uh, neglecting that... That progression in, in Varnashram Dharma to, to go into those, to, to either have brahmachari training or to enter into Varnaprastha and, and sannyas at the end. All right, there, there are a few comments that we can make about that. Uh, one is that uh, uh, Lord Chaitanya said that he wasn't of any of those four Varnas or ashrams. He's just a devotee of the Lord. 
Now, that's not to minimize what my spiritual master said, according to your account. Uh, But um, when he started putting this community together, and the one in Houston, he brought with him quite a large number of bhaktas, or brahmacharis. Some bhaktas, some brahmacharis. Uh, And when my wife and I first came into this temple room, it was like an ocean of saffron. (laughs) And we were wearing white as were the other three families that moved here from Tennessee at the encouragement of Tamal Krishna Goswami. That was in 1979 that we moved here, first time. So uh, he built this community not on brahmacharis. He built it on grihastas. This is a grihasta community. And that you and the temple in Houston, same thing, as I understand it. They don't have a, a plethora of brahmacharis. Um, so that's a, that's one observation. Uh, of course, a person who in his position who is giving a class, please come in and take darshan up here, please. Um, uh, still, we, you know, we, we value what he said, that a person has to become renounced. Um, and Prabhupada showed by his example, uh, and the other acharyas did also. But what if I can't become renounced? Where's my position? Do I have a position in ISKCON? I think Tamal Krishna Goswami said, Yes, Rupanuga, it's true, you can't do very much, but you've got a position in ISKCON. Um, so, uh, even though many times he spoke very strongly about certain topics, renunciation being one of them, uh, he still encouraged people who had families to move here. As a matter of fact, he told my wife in, 19, in the early 1980s, uh, when she was kind of forced into taking over the administration of our local school, he told her, that uh, don't let the school close. Now, why should he be worried about the school closing if what his emphasis was on was a renounced order of life? Because, you know, who who puts kids in the school? The parents do. And uh, and what what are they supposed to do uh, when when they get to be older? Uh, give up association with the kids. Well, in some cases, but also I've heard it said that if, if you've got if you've got a good partner uh, in your married life, and that person is also uh, helping you to become Krishna conscious, or you're helping her or him to become Krishna conscious, uh, then uh, nothing. You know, he was implying, at least in my ears, uh, that. There's nothing wrong with being in the household alive. The main thing is that you become Krishna conscious. Because if you give up your household and go off to preach and then you fall down for some reason and, and give up sannyas, then you've lost your family and you've lost your position. What good is that? So I think every, every person has to be, um, has to make that decision about uh, how much renunciation they can tolerate. And if they have a spiritual master still alive and present, uh, 
that's that's a topic that you can always talk about with your spiritual master. But as far as my observation is concerned, uh, Mr. Bhagwan Prabhu, uh, I've seen a number of people who are in the position that you and I are in. We're householders. You've got kids. I've got kids. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, my wife has been a big help in uh, keeping me on the path of, of bhakti. And also, I have to set a good example for my kids. And so, if if I don't do that, then what what's this, what is this renunciation thing? Uh, but now, if you are in a position that you you do want to become renounced and you want to go out and preach, and you make proper a proper situation for your wife and for, and make sure that your children are, you know, up and grown, um, uh, then you then perhaps that's a time that you can ask your own spiritual master, if he's present, uh, may I take sannyasa. But if a person never gets to that point, and I think I will never be a sannyasi. I, I don't think I will be. Uh, I'm I'm still very much uh, a, a part of my my wife's life and my children's life, and now my grandchildren's life. Uh, but at the same time that I feel some responsibility to to my family, uh, I still have to become detached from family life, which means from sex life. And uh, that's one of the benefits of increasing age, that eventually the sexual desire diminishes and diminishes, especially if you're trying to make it diminish. You know, if you're making a conscious attempt to renounce sex life, that's pretty good renunciation. I've even heard it said that for a person who, who gives up attachment to sex life, that person is as good as liberated. So whatever stage, whatever stage of life we happen to find ourselves in, uh, we just, you know, we have to do the best we can. Uh, uh, Krishna Kantas Prabhu is not going to give up uh, his his you know his kids. He's he got one boy just beginning college here soon, right? And uh, you know you have you kind of have to follow through until the the time seems right. Or become renounced, and you can be renounced even in your own household. What does it mean to be renounced? It means uh, I don't I don't desire to have any more kids. You know, I don't desire to have sex life anymore. I don't desire to have intoxication. You know, so if you're to that point, what's the difference between you and a sannyasi? If you go out and preach, of course. Uh, Tamal Krishna Goswami, he gave up his family life very early on because he realized that, you know, having a family would be an impediment to the preaching. And he wanted to preach because Prabhupada, you know, that that would please Prabhupada if he did that, went out and made other disciples. So I'm not sure that that is a, a convincing or even a satisfying um, argument that I presented but that's that's just the way I see it now. After having heard many lectures, many hours of lectures, and still listening to lectures, and uh, that's just the way I see it now. Is that okay?
Vishnakante, any, any comments? Anything else? All right, thank you very much. For, uh, these, these are really provocative questions uh, that you that you that you uh, bring up, and and very good points that should be examined, have to be talked about. Um, um, I would suggest for anybody who is not completely satisfied with the answers that I've bumbled through, uh, to talk with somebody who is who is uh, who is in a renounced position and just get their opinion, get their advice. Rantaraj Shibad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Shishi Radha Kalachanji Dham Ki Jai, Netai Gaura Premananda, Hari Hari Bo. We offer our respectful obeisances to all the Vaishnava devotees of the Lord, who are just like desire trees, who fulfill the desires of everyone, and who are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Vancha kalpata rubhischa, kripasindabhya evacha, patitanam pavanebhyo, vaishnaveva namo namaha, anantakoti vaishnavinda ki jai. Have a good Sunday, everyone. Chant the holy names.